A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You are listening to Scoop Radio. What's going on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID-19 period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoopy Radio, DJ Manuel. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month. So on behalf of Scoopy and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on his media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to scoopyradio.com slash poll. You can also share your opinions about the show so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopbradio.com slash poll. S-C-O-O-P, the letter B, R-A-D-I-O dot com slash P-O-L-L. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that. The link will be in the description. You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brendan Robinson. E.K. Manny. Manny. Scoopy Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bond said, yo, the best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word of Scoop. He give you the business. He show you the proof. If Scoop B said, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment. He give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews. He give you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast. The joint and the journalist. The GOAT. So why ask? Watch out. Watch out. about it? If he naming them. Scoopy.com, do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift, got the gift to gab. If he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it go. Enough of this talking. This is Scoopy Radio. You're listening to Scoopy Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At follow Scoop him. B. At Scoopy, follow him. Yes, sir. Scoopy Radio. On the plane, on the train. Anywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at ScoopyB. Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. Make sure most importantly that you subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast, which is available on all streaming platforms. iHeartRadio, Google Play, TuneIn App, Picture App, Apple Podcasts, or simply by visiting ScoopBRadio.com. 2.1 million streams last year. And one of the big reasons why is because we have newsmakers. No different here. This is a blast from the past. I got CJ Watson. 
retired NBA player who's now chosen author joining the pod. Appreciate it. Welcome to Scoopy Radio. Appreciate you having me. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. Just staying safe, staying socially distant, and just staying productive, man. That's all you can do in these times. <laughs> I would imagine. I would imagine. I was telling CJ before we got on. Last time I saw CJ, it was the next is an overall season. I was covering the team in 2012-2013 season, and he was sitting at an elementary school in Brooklyn with pink Nike Air Foam posies on, but he was reading the kids. And it's, it's kind of a blast from the past because here we are again. You have your second children's book. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. What you say? No, I'm just saying it was kind of crazy how that all, how that, you know, how things come to fruition like that, you know, and uh, time does fly by. And uh, I always love reading the kids and been doing this since I was since I was young in high school. So it's cool because in 2019, you dropped CJ's Big Dream. And then is it the new book that's out called CJ's Plan? Uh, CJ's Big Project. Okay, big project. Can't keep up. CJ's yeah. Big Dream, CJ's Big Project. Tell me, taking you back to 2019, you started writing children's books. What made you start doing that? Uh, it was all just the idea I had. Um, I like to challenge myself, uh, push myself to do different things and, and see if they can be done. And uh, I was just sitting on the couch one day and I said, how can I be an inspiration? I know uh, it was an inspiration just playing in the NBA and playing for 10 years. Uh, but how can I continue to inspire kids and kind of just uh, give them little gems and, and knowledge that I've learned throughout life? And um, I said, why not write a book, tell my story, and I also put little those gems and knowledge in, the, in those books and kids need to read and kids should love, love to read and uh, it was just an idea I had and uh, I met a lady named Tamika Newhouse through one of my old coaches who, who previously wrote a book and uh, she helped me put all my ideas on paper and uh, the end result is these last two books. Okay, so big dream, big project and then you a birdie tells me you got another one in the works. Yep, another one coming out hopefully in the middle of August, uh, like around when school starts, called CJ's Big Big Moment. Uh, that one will be about bullying. Um, and uh, I think all not all kids get bullied, but, you know, they face some kind of um, adversity throughout life and throughout their childhood about bullying and how to handle bullies. So we're just trying to give them a positive way to handle bullies, and uh, hopefully they'll like the book and uh, like the story. TJ Watson on the line with Scoopy Radio talking about books and more. Um, you are, you have the nickname, The Quiet Storm. And when I uh-huh. think of Quiet Storm, I think of late night radio, <laughs> driving home, yeah. like right. uh, <laughs> WBLS of your New York City. But are you really as quiet as people say you are? Uh, yes, I know. I, mean, I, I got to get some open schools before I start to open up. Uh, but from the first, First meeting or first few meetings, you know, I'm probably shy and reserved. But uh, once I get to know you and open up, I'm more myself and, you know, fun, laughter, um, always uh, making jokes, things like that, of that nature. And uh, I'm a big practical joker. But, you know, I, I definitely am quiet. So is the name, my nickname my sister gave me when me and my brother are going to get a tattoo. So it just stuck with me throughout. And uh, it's, been, uh, it's been fun just to, you know, kind of have that little nickname or whatever. You played, I, I would imagine that, because you're quiet, it's the quiet ones that are the proverbial fly on the wall. You played for the Chicago Bulls from 2010 to 2012. Uh, what I found interesting about your career at that moment um, was um, you 
started the rest of the Bulls' playoff uh, game back in 2012 um, when Derrick Rose tore his ACL in his left knee. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to know from your perspective, because I think a lot of people look at Derrick Rose and they don't realize how great he was. What was Derrick Rose like in practice? Uh, he was the same, right? It was hard to... I feel like going up against him in practice got me ready to go up against any guard in the NBA because I don't think there's a, a guard more explosive, uh, as fast as he was, as strong Scoop as he was. Um, maybe other can argue Russell Westbrook at the time, but other than D Rose, there's no guard like him. And uh, but in practice, he was the same. He was quiet. Uh, he was he was he was still a fun person. Once you got to know him, he was, he would open up to you, you know, and he would joke a lot. Also, I think we were both kind of the same kind of person, uh, but he was just a, a great player and a great great team leader and obviously an MVP. So it was, it was fun playing with him. When I was growing up, sitting in the car, my mom used to say, Brandon, let's play the quiet game. Yeah. I want to take, take, take that application and raise you. Who would win in a quiet game between you and Derrick Rose? For sure, it would probably be him. <laughs> I, <think. laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought I was quiet, but he was. I think he's way more quiet than me. But I think we're just, you know, it's still the same once you get to know us. Uh, we open up to you, you know, and we'll, that quiet, uh, that quiet shadow kind of goes out the window and just, just be ourselves. And I think that's what everyone just wants to be themselves around, uh, you know, certain people and hopefully around everyone. The Bulls hired Mark Eversley uh, as their general manager. Uh, and, you know, they have a young core of Zach Levine, uh, Kobe White, Ryan Archibiacono, um, and, and a bunch of other guys. Um, like, uh, I guess from your perspective, what have you observed about the Bulls? What do you make about their future? Uh, I think they're a young, exciting team, uh, especially with the new GM and I think President Dayson. They're going to obviously clean house and maybe make some changes, but I think they def- definitely have a good core. Uh, Zach Levine is, uh, I think, a budding superstar in the league. And uh, Kobe White, I like his game. Uh, Laura, I don't know how to say his name, Markinen, I like his game. Yeah, also, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like his game. <laughs> I like his game also, but you know, uh, they probably got a, maybe one or two years and hopefully they'll get a, maybe a free agent and maybe some more draft picks and you never know, they could be right in the playoff on the end. The Brooklyn Nets, your team during the 2012-2013 season. Um, if you could go back in time and change one thing about that first year in Brooklyn, what would it be? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I thought we kind of underachieved. Uh, we didn't get as far as we we wanted to, obviously, and then uh, in the playoffs we didn't get as far as we wanted to. Uh, but um, I think I don't. I don't know if I would change anything, honestly. Uh, I don't know if I would have fired Avery, you know, uh, <laughs> after he got coach in the month or whatever. But that was kind of weird. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think uh, I think it was a uh, you know it's all in disguise. Uh, it all happened meant to be meant to happen. So, uh, like I said, I wouldn't change anything. It happened how it happened. Yeah, I, I, I from looking on the outside looking from the outside looking in, the thing that I was kind of frustrated with, I had Nate Robinson on an Instagram live recently. He talked about how he propelled his career under Tibbs. Um, a two part question: You played under Tibbs. Do yeah. you like Tibbs in a role with the Knicks or with the Nets? Uh, I mean, I, I love Tibbs as a coach. Uh, I, like, like I said, like Nate said, uh, I think I played some of my best basketball on the Tibbs. Um, he holds every person accountable, every player, and from number one to number 15. Uh, and he wants the best 
sports first team and fighters and he has it prepared to the team. Um, every every game, every playoff series. So I think he's a, a perfect coach. Um, I think uh, I think maybe he might be better suited for the Knicks. I'm not sure. Uh, I know he used to work there, and I know he maybe with that that system, that organization. So um, I think he might be better suited for for that for that team. What do you like about the Nets with Kyrie and KD? And do you think that there's going to be an adjustment period when they finally do get on the court together? I don't think so. There's two great players. Um, KD is probably, in my eyes, top one or two players in the league, and especially when he's healthy. Uh, he's unguardable. And, uh, and throw another play like Kyrie in there, he can create his own shot, um, make big-time shots in, in crunch time when you need him. And, uh, I, don't, I don't think you really need a whole bunch of players for those two players. Just put them in a pick-and-roll or ISO situations, and you know, hopefully uh, they, they get the best shots that they can every time down the court. But I don't think it'll be a big adjustment because those two players are – uh, like I said, top ten players in their in their uh, categories or in the league. Tell me something. The Orlando bubble is a thing. Uh, many twenty two teams will make the trip to Orlando or Walt Disney World uh, and play basketball. Um, I don't want to be cheesy and ask if you agree with it. I think everybody asks that question, but this is what I will ask. Oftentimes, when you talk to NBA players and you ask them, those who played in Denver and played for the Nuggets or have visited Denver, you often ask what the air is like. I yeah. take that and I raise you this. Playing basketball in Orlando, which you did from 2015 to 2017, what is the air like for an NBA player playing in a situation like Orlando? The air? Uh, I don't think it's too different. Uh, I think Denver is way more worse because um, of altitude. Um, Orlando, I think, is kind of similar to any world. There's not really elevation or anything like that. I mean, it's, it's human outside, but I think they'll they'll be fine. They'll be able to adjust. I think the biggest thing they have to adjust to is, you know, the, not be able to go anywhere, being inside a bubble, and then no fans. I think it might, it might be one of the biggest things. But uh, we practice all the time with no fans and stuff like that, but it, I'm sure it'll be a little different. What I admire about your career, um, I feel like the, your profile fits kind of like a 90s NBA player, um, kind of like an Earl Boykin or like a Damon Jones. You played overseas um, before you stepped foot on an NBA court. Um, you, you had a heck of a career in Tennessee. Then you, you know, you play in Europe. Then you play in the D League. Would you, um, would you see certain D League guys um, who come in like a Jeremy Lane or, um, you know, like a, a Nick Nurse uh, as a as a coach in Toronto? Um, would you see success stories like that? Um, do you ever reflect on your career and how you started going in and Golden State and, and winning over Don Nelson and things like that? So do you get do you do you reflect on that when you see guys that become success stories from the G League and another avenues of making it? I think so, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm always we're, you always kind of root for those kind of stories because it's like uh, kind of like uh, no pun intended, but the name of my book is called Cedar's Big Dream. I mean, dreams are getting to the NBA, you know, regardless of how you get there. Um, I went a different path. I didn't get drafted. So, you know, I took a different route. And once you see those guys in the G League, whether it be a coach or a player, you always kind of resonate with them because you know the journey that it took to get there, uh, you know, the long nights that it took to get there, you know, the, the many calls of, you know, saying there might be a call-up or there there might not be a call-up. Um, and uh, you just resonate with their story. So you always root for those kind of people. If you didn't become an NBA player, for some reason your temperament seems like a teacher. Is, am I off with that? Um, yeah, I'm very patient. 
Uh, I got a lot of patience, but then I have not a lot of patience. So it's like a, it's like a gift and a curse. But, uh, I mean, I don't know what I would be doing, honestly, if I, if I wasn't, uh, playing basketball. But I definitely wanted to quit a couple of times when I was overseas, but my parents wouldn't let me. Yeah, I mean, the, looking at your profile, you went to Bishop Gorman, that's a basketball powerhouse. You went to Tennessee, that's as basketball as basketball comes. And then, you know, you had some stops in Europe and you had some stops somewhere else. Did you find that when you decided that you wanted to quit and you had people keep pushing you, um, that they, when you finally got back to it after being frustrated, the game became easier to you again, or was it still a struggle? I think so. I just appreciate it more. I appreciate the, you know, the, the good and the bad in it. I mean, regardless of what you do in life, basketball player, you know, teacher, uh, entrepreneur, I think there's always going to be some ups and downs. There's always going to be those times where you might want to quit, where you might want to give up. But, you know, um, the, the goal is to always, you know, keep achieving, keep pushing yourself and, and not to give up. And I think that's the, the biggest thing about my story and my, my career. I didn't give up and uh, I just kept, you know, kept making away and try to be the best player that I could, you know, with the circumstances given. <clears throat> I'm not mistaken. You played for the Pacers, and Paul George was your teammate when you went in Indiana. Yeah. What do you make of his season this year and with the Clippers? I think PG is playing great. Uh, he's playing on uh, that uh, that putting, uh, player A, player B type of role. Um, and then uh, he's, I mean, his his game is, is so crafty. It's so uh, smooth. Uh, he can shoot. He can lock you down defensively. So I mean, he's playing great. I think he's. Uh, return to return to rare form since his uh his injury. He's not thinking about his leg or stuff like that anymore, and it's, it's uh he's over the the mental hurdle mental hurdle of that injury. So I think he's playing you know like MVP type of uh, player. You know I was talking to Karis Levert about that last season. Um, he got hurt and he sat out for a bit of time and at the beginning of last season. You know had early All Star potential and then got hurt and you know. Didn't make it. Is it difficult? Like when, when you get back on the court after an injury, either from watching other people or for yourself, like how much are you thinking when you're making moves on the court coming back from an injury? Before I think you're definitely. Yeah, I think you're definitely thinking about it because you know uh, all the training that you've been doing uh, hasn't been against you know maybe hard contact or unexpected contact or unexpected movement through you know through playing live basketball. Um, you can only do so much three on three or so much one on one to get you ready for for an NBA type of game. But I, de- I definitely think you're thinking about it. But I think as the game goes on and as you play more games and practices and stuff like that, uh, that that mindset, the whole mental thing, starts to go away after a while. You talked mm-hmm. about Derrick Rose and you talked about um, excuse me. You talked about uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, do you feel like when you played in the NBA, you were like at a midpoint between where you had people who were just in love with uh, traditional point guards like a Jay Kidd or like a John Stockton and kind of were like, had like a love-hate relationship with scoring guards? Do you feel like you were in that midpoint? Yeah, I think so. I think the time when I came in is more about, you know, being a more traditional point guard. And like my second or third year, you know, point guards started to score more and, you know, be more of a scoring threat, and that's what teams wanted. Um, that's what coaches wanted. So I think uh, after a while, I kind of transitioned, and I think that was a big knock with me. I was trying to be more of a traditional point guard to get everybody, uh, get, get everybody their rhythm and get their shots off. But people was like, "Oh, can he score? Can he shoot?" So I had to transition to be to learn to be a scorer, and that's what I think I did in the D League a lot was to score and to just get my shot off myself, and then uh, get everybody else going afterwards. 
would have a scoring guard, a scoring point guard who makes that transition into being the 90s style or 80s style point guard. Would the prototype be Baron Davis? Oh, for sure, yeah. He was, he was uh, in my eyes, one of the best point guards. Um, he definitely, he was like a, maybe like a Derrick Rose or a Russell Westbrook before that time, you know, explosive, can score, had handles, could get by you, could shake you, you know, do all the 360s and behind the back, all that kind of stuff. So he was definitely a, um, one of those type of point guards. Yeah, you were, you signed 10 day, two 10 day contracts with the Warriors, uh, and then appeared in eight games where you averaged 5.4 points on 1.8 assists in 16.6 minutes. And then you were signed for the remainder of the season and you scored 40 points against the Sacramento Kings, shooting 16 of 23. CJ, what was in your weeds that day? That was February 17, 2010. Uh, honestly, I don't know. I, me and uh, one of our coaches, uh, Rico Hines, uh, we were in the gym continuously for those, you know, two or three years. And uh, all we did was work on mid-range, work on threes, work on finishing at the basket because that's what Coach Nelson wanted me to work on. And um, that's just, a, you know, a product of just being in the gym, staying in there early mornings, late nights, um, before games, after games. And uh, I think I was just hot that night. I don't know what the thing was. And I think a game before that, I think that I had like a stretch of games where I had a, a few games, a few big scoring games. I think I had a a 38-point game also uh, in that same week or the week after or before or whatever. And uh, I just try to, you know, keep that kind of momentum going. And, uh, and that's what's the, what's the result. When you look at the Warriors and you look at the Monte, the Baron Davis to the Monte Ellis to the Steph Curry transition, did it kind of seem like it came out of nowhere? Because to me it did. Um, I don't know. Um, I think the transition came out of nowhere from them trading Baron or – and not resigning him, and Monte uh, getting a big contract, and him being the star player, and then Steph coming in uh, with a lot of a lot of uh, buzz behind him, and then him just kind of just just taking that and, and just going off with it. But obviously, you know, Steph had his, his ups and downs with his ankle injury. So, like I said, there's always ups and downs in people's career, and uh, depends if you just want to, you know, you know, fold or or get better and and uh, get towards that goal. And he became the great superstar that he is, and great player that he is, and one. Championships. DJ Watson on the line with Scoopy Radio talking about things basketball, overseas, NBA, and his two books that are out currently, and the one that is coming out in August. Bro, when I look at you, I think you have, you talk about being patient. Um, you know the game of basketball inside and out, and I'm sure you have relationships for days to this day. To me, that's the makings of a head coach, an assistant coach, a GM, a scout. You name it. Do you have aspirations of that? Uh, maybe one day. Uh, I never thought I would want to be a head coach, but I mean, uh, I would love to, you know, maybe uh, do that one day, uh, whether it be NBA, high school, college. Uh, I'm not really sure, but, uh, or I would maybe want to be a GM or something. That's kind of one of my uh, main goals or dreams is to be a GM, kind of run a team. I feel like I can, I can see talent, I can scout talent, I can see, you know, who's good and who's not. And, uh, kind of dissect their game, uh, but, you know, that's uh, maybe up in the air one day, just still thinking about it. I like it. Where can people find more information about your books? Where can they purchase your books? Uh, you can purchase them on Amazon, or you can go to my personal website, cjpens.com, cjpens.com. I like it. CJ, it's good to talk to you, and uh, 
I wish you nothing but success, man. Keep going. Appreciate it, man. You too. Thanks for having me. This is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Duncan. Kaboom! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 